Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby picker. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Who cares? Who knows? Why bother? Welcome back, Rugby Pick'em fans. Today's episode is about the Women's Rugby World Cup. We recap what happened down in New Zealand couple months ago but there's actually some breaking news that came out today to go with this episode one of the things we talked a lot about is resources and how different unions are putting together their women's 15s leagues Um, there was a statement from the rfu today basically long story short is after a tender process i don't know if that's an english term or a process that's meant to be soft and tender, but they basically picked eight teams that would be a part of the competition next year, uh, notably excluding Sale Sharks and Wasps women's teams. A lot of people are angry in England, claiming that they're kind of cutting out the northern representation of the country, but that's part of our chat today is talking about resources, how you build the women's game, and how you continue to pour resources and funding into an area that has the ultimate room for growth. So enjoy the episode. It's the OG gang. We talk Women's Rugby World Cup. Welcome back to Rugby Pickup. We're here with the OG crowd, and we are going to break down the Women's 2021 World Cup played in 2022. Ah, what a fantastic spectacle. Just phenomenal. Front to back. Fantastic rugby. Shining stars. Capped off by a full house at Eden Park, the largest uh, the largest uh, attendance ever <laughs> at a, a women's rugby match. And, and they were treated to one of the best rugby games, period, that I've seen with New Zealand coming out ahead over England. England were just shattered. They had everything to play for. They played fantastic rugby all the way through. And New Zealand were just better. They're so passionate. In front of their fans, you couldn't have scripted a better cap to a, a great hosting of the World Cup in New Zealand. I made the trip down there. Unbelievable country. Unbelievable people. My favorite night out was after the girls, they played Canada in the final pool play game. You know, and I'm an idiot. I assume that all the girls would like go out and party, but they're like, no, we have a World Cup to play. Like we have protocol. So I went out with the parents, Johnny. It was fun night. <laughs> Carly Waters' mom, uh, the Furies, Tom Fury, mm-hmm. um, and Tess Fury's dad. Like I learned that there's a lot of, you know, grassroots rugby guys and, and girls whose kids end up playing for the Eagles. So yeah, the. For me, what really brought it home was the the passion of the American fans that made the trip. Oh, yeah. Um, But we did get beat by Canada and got our butts whipped in the second one. Yeah, a little disappointing on the the U.S. side. Still played, had some flashes of how we can play. Against Japan, that that was cool. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, I think what Canada, I think it was Sophie DeGood. DeGood. Sophie DeGoody. She, how good, though. So good. She, uh, speaking of grassroots, both of her parents played for Canada in World Cups. Yes. And she captained Canada extremely well. And she made a point to say, hey, you know, we've got the athletes. We've got the resources. If we've got the athletes, if we had the resources, imagine what we could do. You know, similar here in the States, right? So, um, 
you know, consistency is bred from being able to play top level games and having funding and being able to travel and stuff like that. So the U.S. women need that, and Canada needs that as well. They Canada played spectacularly inspiring and they've left everything out there it was great to see and so many like amazing performances you just got to be proud uh, and happy for uh the black ferns they were amazing to watch right obviously you have portia woodman but like ruby tui how she made the, good the sevens transfer yeah she had to really like call her shot apparently she had to like sign with the 15s team and yeah. leave the sevens contract on the table um was absolutely electric Johnny, the one night I went out with the old rat bag and Larry um, in Finger Day. Yeah. If you've known Rugby Pickham, you know who we're talking about. Old Elliot Dylan Herzog, the stepper himself. Uh, just a great night in Finger Day. And you could tell, you know, the, the way Harpo, they do these back-to-back games where, okay, one quarterfinal is going to be played Italy-France at like 5.30. And then you just keep riding the crowd into All Blacks Wales. And, yeah. and everybody who was anybody in Fengere, whether they liked rugby or not, they were there yeah. at the event center downtown. You could tell it was like the who's who of kind of country Northland yeah. was in the building. Right. Um, and I loved cool. it. Yeah. I, an absolute blast. Um, just just a great time. That's how we should be That's doing events. That's how we host uh, back you know, to attorney. back to back games. Get yeah. a one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock. They got the fans out. It was in and the product on the field was fantastic. Right, it was just good. You could feel the atmosphere even watching remotely. I, I couldn't imagine what it was like to be there in person. That's that's awesome. You got to go. I I was just I'm still buzzing from it, you know, and watching replays and. There's just some studs out there. How how good? Sarah Hirney? The seven for New Zealand? Before I pass it to Tommy and Harpo, I just want to add, I did, uh, (laughs) walking away from the second Canada game, run into the DeGoody parents. They were living the van life, which is awesome. Oh, nice. They were just popping some champagne after the quarterfinal win. All the Canadians are just sitting there. You know, I have my USA stuff on, and of course, they're so nice. They're just hitting every stereotype. Classic. I even dropped the, do you know uh, Brian Erickson? And, of course, uh, Mr. DeGoody did because, you know, he's, he's a, a proud capped Canadian. He knows anybody. I go, um, but, yeah, it, it's good. It's, it's just good you, vibe. You, we hope that we would have been more competitive with them in the two games we played. And, Tommy, like, let's bring us back. Remember those cold fall days where oh we went God. and, like, Canada beat us in two close games? It was, like, 30 degrees at Infinity Park in October. Yeah, we're sitting in the tri-zone, uh, yeah. the fan section. So they've just had our number, and you know what? Like, it's Harpo. What, what's your experience with the women's team? Because they certainly perform better than the men's year to year, but, you know, I think some of our fans expect, like, a semifinal or a final appearance. Is that unrealistic, oh, given that we're not Forgive me, Brother BT, but I have sinned. I did not watch any of the Women's World Cup because I was up in uh, Montana in my alone zone, Missoula, Montana, (laughs) and I did not have any streaming services at all. No Peacock. Nothing. No (laughs) Peacock, no Facebook, no Snapcrap, no Tacky Talk, no Stumbler, nothing. (laughs) I had nothing. I was, so, um, who, who won? (laughs) <laughs> New Zealand beat England in, in a thrilling final. I believe New Zealand-France was also a crazy oh, semifinal. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, France played And to my knowledge, Johnny, those are the three countries that have 
professional or at least semi-professional setups, right? It's England, France, and New Zealand. Yeah. Then Australia. Oh no, Australia's got the sevens. Never mind. And Australia, they because I think of of how good the 15th World Cup was. That a lot of the sevens um, studs for Australia yeah. have, have said, you know, oh well, I think we're gonna kind of switch codes and help out our 15 side because mm-hmm. sevens is so high profile for Australia, but they're they don't have the same kind of transitional players over yet, uh, like like made a huge impact for some of these other countries, right? right? right. Now here's like something interesting. Women. Sorry, Tommy, to no, cut you off. As far as the the way it's shaped, it started as 12 teams, and then for two years, in 98 and 02, they went to 16 teams, but then it, the tournament withdrew back to 12 for the next four the next six World Cups, but they just did expand the quarterfinals. That's why you saw USA go through on a one and two pool record. Right? Yeah. And so they brought more teams into the quarters, but next year, Harpo, 20, or not next year, next Women's World Cup, 2025 in England, there will be 16 teams. Yeah, you love to see it. Going back to the expansion, 2029 Australia, 2033 USA. Yeah. Is it unrealistic to think our girls can win on home soil in 2023? Johnny, give me the answer I want to hear. And you said 2023. Well, they won it. 2033. In, Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> they won it in 1991. They were the champions of the world. The first one, and then in '94 we lost, and '98 we were runners up. So yeah, I actually went to the 2007 World Cup in um, Calgary to cheer on mm-hmm. the uh, Lady Eagles. Yeah, it's, it's definitely about time they're getting parody. It's about time that they're recognized. Yeah, no, they're they're fantastic, and they've got the capability. It's resources, right? They need like if you took a portion of what's put toward the men's side and give it to like. The Eagles, I would like to call them, because the men's team, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say they're not performing. And uh, we have a top caliber Eagles team playing, you know, in, in you know, paying their own way and working, working around their work schedules to go to camps and doing fundraising. And if they had the resources, I think there's nothing that could stop them from competing for a World Cup title. Uh, in the future, so I. There you go. The USA is one of three teams to have won it. New Zealand's won six, England's won two, and we got that one in '91. So we can get back. We can win it on home soil. Tommy, 2033. If they play at Mile High Stadium, will you be there? Oh my God, are you kidding me? That would be amazing. All right, let's hold Tommy to it in 11 years. <laughs> Beckham, we'll see you there. Fantastic spectacle. Just phenomenal. And New Zealand were just better. They're so passionate. In front of their fans. My favorite night out. I went out with the parents, Johnny. I think it was uh, Sophie de Good. Sophie de Goody. She, how good, though. So. I'm still buzzing from it, you know, and... You know, you know, 
you know. Shit, how good though? So. Oh, we're not forgive me, brother BT, but I have sinned. In my alone zone, Missoula, Montana. <laughs> Peacock, no Facebook, no Snap Crap, no Talk Tacky Talk, no Stumble, nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. Nineteen ninety-one, they were the champions of the world. And if they had the resources, I think there's nothing that could stop them from competing for a World Cup title. Twenty thirty three. If they play at Mile High Stadium, will you be there? Oh my God! Are you kidding me? That would be amazing. All right. Know your role.